To become a podcaster, you must first let the podcast become you. Or something like that. I don't know. We've watched Mystery Men. Tom, theme tune. In an age of turmoil, can free idiots discussing movies change the world? No! Podcast! On infinite earths. I've just cracked open a fresh bottle of Gentleman Jack, so I am ready to podcast. Fancy. Takes a sip. I have um, Argos uh, Premium Lager Beer. (laughs) It's uh, Doof from Sweden. (laughs) See, see, Hanker's area. I'm tying it all in already. Yeah, you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome to podcast on Infinite Earths, everybody. Yay! Um, yay hooray! Um, let's get our introductions out of the way. Then I will tell the good folks at home what we have watched today. Uh, but I am Lewis. I'm Tom. I'm also Tom. Okay. All right. Energy. You can yeah. Bring yeah. start high. Yeah, that's and fine. Then go one direction. Sometimes you just don't know what Tom's going to do. Every day's a surprise with you. Oh, to me as well. <laughs> so today um, we have watched a movie that I had never heard of until Tom Prime suggested it. Uh, Mystery Men from an- another late 90s film. We are just hammering out these late I, 90s I thought films. that when, we, when I was watching it. So we, have a, we are stuck in a, a, a niche <laughs> we, yeah, we are. We've we have got tunnel vision for 1997 to 1999. At least Arnie's not in this one. K- kind of wish he was though. <laughs> I think that's what this film was missing, quite frankly. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd I'd never never heard of this film, um, and I'm surprised because it seems like the kind of thing I would have seen at some point, given my uh, Uber. Yes. That's for the superhero <laughs> genre and everything that goes with it. Uh, and, you know, I've watched plenty of other superhero satires. I've just, this has just gone under the radar. So, um, yeah. Well, that's why I recommended it. I thought it'd be the sort of thing we could talk about. It's, I mean, you can definitely it, talk about it. Is it a good movie? No. <laughs> no. Is it a, okay. is it a great right. movie? Also, no. Uh, okay. Well, we've got that out of the way. Uh, yeah, we'll come on to it. I mean, <laughs> There's bits I really enjoyed. Uh, I have some issues. Most of them revolve around Paul Rubin. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, I'll tell you what, I'm going to do the whole podcast like this. And no, we'll see how no, annoying it no, gets. No. How annoying is it already? How, wh- why? You're going to lose our ASMR market. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, that's that's it. I'm done. I'm done. That's it. I'm done. Okay, I promise. <laughs> but oh my god, I did it's not. It's so like gross. It. It's so off-putting. Uh, right in my ears as well. What? I, I was I was watching it with my partner, and she was like, "I can't look at him." She just <laughs> don't blame her. Everything about him was just oh. I I don't blame your nameless partner, Tom, at all. Just <laughs> <laughs> don't want the folks at home knowing anonymity. <laughs> Um, there's bits I did like though. Um, yeah, I was I got quite annoyed at it because okay. there's a good movie in here somewhere. There is, there is somewhere. It's um, 
one of my other issues is with the um, with the runtime. I, I don't think a comedy should be two hours long, ninety to a hundred minutes for a, for a good good comedy, and because that makes it snappier and funnier. There's just there's whole swaths of this film swaths. That's a nice swaths. word, <laughs> swaths. Um, where they just. I mean, we managed to we managed to fit comedy into two hours. And maybe, may, and maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we shouldn't. Um, but we'll 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 come on to it all. Um, also, Tom, had you seen this film before? I had, but when I was younger, okay. and I I remember enjoying it. So when like when we were talking about, it, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, Lewis will really like this. This will be fun. And then I was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I'm sorry. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm not but, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe maybe that's why we're gra- like we gravitate towards like the late '90s, early 2000s movies because we were younger. The things that were kind of still fresh, and we saw them at the time, and like remember with yeah, slightly... fonder rose-tinted bit, glasses. Rosy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I wonder now how many of how many shit films I like only because I liked them when I was nine. I'm like, maybe I don't have good taste. Maybe I just. Well, I maintain that Dragonheart is one of the greatest movies of all time. So. <laughs> <laughs> if this podcast has proved anything, it's that not, none of us have taste. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I I can't really argue with that. I mean, top three I... movies: Muppet Treasure Island. Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Last action hero. <laughs> I mean, I solidly sat and laughed for 90 minutes watching Last Action Hero. I had the best time, but that's because I liked it when I was nine years old. Probably shouldn't watch that when I was nine years old, to be honest, but I did. Yeah, it's quite a bit hardcore. Hmm. Charles Dance gave me nightmares. Still does. Still yeah. does. But they're a special kind of nightmare now. After seeing him in LAG, he's like, oh, he's he's always in my dreams as he is in the big fat quiz of the year, just sat in front of a log fire, reading a book with a a nice glass of whiskey. Reading you to bed with uh, Katie Price's (laughs) biography. (laughs) (laughs) With some Z-list celebrities' autobiography. (laughs) Wow. Um, But yeah, so it's a superhero satire, kind of. Um, yeah, you, it loses its way a little bit. At first, you, re- I really felt the Schumacher vibe. Yeah, my very first note is um, this is wonderfully Schumacher esque. In fact, my, it all is. Yeah. My first note is a bit garish. <laughs> yeah, same thing. <laughs> exactly the same thing. It, it, there it were a lot of sort of Gotham vibes, weren't they? Definitely the... uh, earlier on, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, as much as I enjoyed seeing them poking fun at that um like i said that garish batman and robin aesthetic i think that also hindered their attempts to satire it because it took the movie out of any sort of recognizable setting and everything became a satire and there was nothing to contrast there was nobody really playing it a bit straighter you know and you know i think of films like kick-ass you know that's a pretty solid superhero satire but it's set in a recognizable city and there's a lot of things that it, it just plugs in the nonsense into stuff we recognize because all of this was just nonsense there's, a, there's a few sort of characters in this film that 
I would say, are playing it straight-laced. I don't know if that's just because of the actors who play I think them. it's hmm. just William H. Macy, and I love <laughs> yeah, him in this yeah. film. And I think he's, he's the best part of the film yeah. because he plays it like just like a dad gone out with his shovel, and, and he's brilliant, and I love every, every, every scene he does, I loved. But like Ben Stiller plays it too goofy to be to, to figure out what he's trying to satirize. He's just being Ben Stiller. Everyone's in a different movie. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, that's yeah. <gasps> Guys, wait, stop, stop. Under my quick facts, quick facts. Oh, <laughs> All right, we'll, fi- we'll we'll fix that in post. Uh, okay, <laughs> no, no, but shush, shush, shush. I'm gonna do it now just to prove you wrong. I'm not. I can't be bothered. <laughs> that was. That was a wild journey. Anyway, Mystery Men, released in 1999, directed by Kinka Usher. Oh! Based on Flaming Carrot Comics, loosely, by Bob D- Bob Burden. Um, box office, $33.5 million, with a budget of $68 million. Ooh, that's Ben Stiller money, that. Um <laughs> Cast, obviously, Ben Stiller, Hank Azaria, uh, Janine Garofalo, William H. Macy, Kel Mitchell. I mean, who saw that coming? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Greg Kinnear, Jeffrey Rush, uh, Wes Studi, and Paul Rubens. One more time, that's it, I'm done. Okay. And as Eddie Izzard as well. He's, he, he's in there. And Jeffrey it's, fucking yeah. Rush. I said Jeffrey Rush. I said that. It deserves it. Extra. Oomph. Okay, fine. Yes, yeah. J- Jeffrey Rush. I mean, Jeffrey Rush. How how bad is the Australian accent that they have to just give him a random German accent for no reason? Is it really that bad? He could have just been Australian. I kind of loved it. Uh, I kind of <laughs> loved it too. I'm just like just an odd choice. I mean, he's called Casanova Frankenstein, Casanova so it needs to be. Yeah, <laughs> it needs to be vaguely European, doesn't it? That's that's another tick in the things I liked. It was just that name. What a name. Yeah. Oh, my God. In fact, most of the names are um, terrific. I mean, I, I made a note. We'll come on to it of, of their um, of Captain Amazing's various nemeses. Uh-huh. Some of them are absolutely exquisite. Um, but just like Shoveler. <laughs> wow. Love it. Great. Raja. Okay, yeah, right. Oh, um, no. Okay. No, 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 no. So, no, no. so my second note is really just about Hank Azaria's character choices throughout his career. Um, they don't yeah. hold up so well to modern day sensitivities, do they? I wrote down Does Hank Azaria only take parts if they're mildly offensive? <laughs> I mean, we're all yes. talking about his British accent, aren't we? So we're on the same page. This is sure, only about his sure. British accent. Yeah. No, I was talking about his Italian accent in Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these were a good few years for Hank Azaria, weren't they? He was getting in some films. Yeah, he played a... Uh, was he Puerto Rican in Birdcage? <laughs> oh, my God. That, that's another black mark on his, uh, his CV. He played on, a Hank. Spaniard in uh, American Sweethearts. You know, about one of the John Cusack like, and Catherine Cita Jones. No, Whoa. no one's seen no. that. <laughs> okay. Um, why is... are we not? Why are we not questioning Sean Connery as an Egyptian Spaniard, but we're questioning because oh, we areas choices. <laughs> well, yeah, we did, but I, we all agreed that Sean Connery can pull that off because he's he Sean also wasn't Connery. doing the accent. I think it's <laughs> true. Is it the did accent? Did we agree that? that? <laughs> 
I I agreed that Sean Connery may do what he likes and did for his uh, whole career. I think for for better or worse. <laughs> Talking of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen's on Disney Plus now. So. I know it's just bizarre. What a strange content dump they did last week. Now that I can, I can go from watching Fantasia to Die Hard Four on the same streaming service, just exquisite. Oh. Not even Die Hard 1 to 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think they're on there somewhere, but for some reason Die Hard 4 that, was on the recommended bit before anything else. That really annoys me. We tried to watch John Wick, and the first one was on Sky. The second one we had to buy, and the third one inexplicably was on Netflix. Yeah, it's, right. all, it's like fucking National Treasure trying to find things to watch on streaming services now. Dogging up National Treasure, we should get to that at some point. Uh, we will. <laughs> we will. Um, there's there, there's a Nicolas Cage movie in our future. Don't you worry about that. Yeah. Okay, so we've covered Hanker's area's very um, culturally inappropriate Blue Raja. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll keep covering it. We've not we're not finished with that by any means. There's think, a lot to unpack there. I think it'd be all right if it wasn't for the headwear. <laughs> <laughs> Are we allowed to be offended, us three? Nah. <laughs> no, but we are allowed to... Um... We are white cis males who are literally still profiting from the derogation of India, so that's... Mm. We're, we're, True. Yeah. Hmm, where do we go from here? Um... We're not the right people to be talking about this. I think we could be offended is. at his use of cutlery because he was using the wrong things a lot of the time. Jesus, don't... Would it kill you to use a knife? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, lots of the concepts in the film are funny. Like, just using spoons as, as a weapon is that's yeah. just... It's just a funny gag, but I don't know if it sustains a two-hour film. <laughs> like, maybe once or twice, like, that's funny. Oh, he's still doing it, and we're 90 minutes in. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Because you say it's like, it's too parody. I don't think it's enough. If they'd done a concentrated, like, proper balls to the wall, all the best funny actual comic book parody stuff, one, it would yeah, be 45 okay. minutes long. Two, it would be great. So, yeah, I, I do then, have a note about ben this. Ben still is off doing a romantic comedy over there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so there's, there's a point in the film, I think it's... Um, I can't remember when it is, but there's a point when it, it's clearly a direct parody of a classic superhero trope. And I was like, okay... This is what they've not been doing. They've just said it in a weird superhero adjacent world, made some kind of shit superheroes, but they're not actually doing anything recognizable, but badly. It's just they're doing odd things. So when we get like the um, scene when they're all like suiting up, I'm like, oh, that's funny. Cause it's like a close up of a spoon rather than like a gauntlet. Yeah. You know, I, those... I, I fully expected nipples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or just like the their version of the Legion of Doom, like frat boys. Great. There's just there wasn't enough of those like like for like parody moments. It was all just a little bit strange. And then there was just a lot of scenes with them just sat around a table talking, and it all just it just kept falling flat. Every twenty minutes, it was oh they're back in a room again mm. talking. And every time you thought the story was going forward, it just went back again. And the, the, the pacing threw me off completely. It just needed to just rattle through it. In... The, the bits in the, uh, the ca- well, is it a canteen where they sat like a greasy Yeah, spoon? It's like a diner yeah. or something, yeah. That reminded me of Marvel Comics, though, because there's a lot of that in 
fairly recent Marvel yeah. comics where it, they just sort of talk in a diner together. Which it reminded me of that the first time, and then the next four times, like, okay, they're still doing the same yeah. bit. Oh, it could have been quite cool if they just had that. Like, there's one a sort of like a bottle episode where it's mm. just people chatting in a diner, like my dinner of Andre style, but all around them is a superhero universe, and they're just sort of talking about that. That could be fun. Yeah, I think it just needed to be more focused on that, them as more everyday people because the William H. Macy stuff, like I said, that worked for me because uh, it was stupid, but because he played it so sincerely, it was it was funny. Yeah, and, and at least that's also a, a trope of like the... Yeah. He's choosing between family and doing what he thinks is right and all that kind of thing. Yeah, whereas, again, I just... Ben Stiller just disappointed me in this film. He just plays himself. Yeah. But I, I get the impression he is a very angry man. <laughs> I, I, do as well. I get the impression he is exactly like he is in the first episode of Extras, just <laughs> screaming at people on set. Constantly. 100%. <laughs> Cuz he plays the same character in Friends as well. He plays a very angry man. Oh yeah. Mm. When did when did Zoolander come out? Mm. So this, this? Yeah, it I'm just it sure did it feel like they had leftover jokes from that and they just made oh, them angry no 2001 but I mean they would be making it about the same time I, yeah. I, I suspect um, this film looks like it was released in the 80s <laughs> it does not look like a film from the late 90s no some of the um, CG of the city is very robbery like it's oh it's wobbling it is a wobbly set I'm not defending them, but you know, if you go into it thinking, right, it's designed to look like a really terrible superhero film, then you can kind of forgive the dodgy setting and the sort of CGI that they actually bring in. So I agree. But what I think, I think if you've got a very sort of uh, stylized, complicated setting like they had, you need. A, a more simple set of characters and story. Whereas if you've got a very complicated story and a lot of characters, you need a very simple setting. And they just had a very everything. Everything was everything. And it was just, it didn't, there was no juxtaposition between the world and the characters and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So it meant a lot of the humor didn't make sense in the context they created. Because, well, that's the world you're in. So that's just what you do. But if you're going to satire the superhero tropes it needs something to be a bit more normal for me it's also when, when is it set oh who cares <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like that sort of that almost like batman animated series where everything's it, a bit anachronistic and it yeah that's that's kind of the vibe i got I, it, that sort of it has that kind of noir vibe to it with the hint of futurism yeah, but then I think it is meant to be set about when it comes out because the whole disco is being dead thing. Love the disco stuff. Uh. Loved all the disco <laughs> stuff. That was, can't fault Eddie Izzard that. is great in this. <laughs> yeah. like, he's just, just, he's having fun. Just Jeffrey Rush screaming, to the disco room. Great. <laughs> <laughs> just great. See, that's what I mean about people being in different movies. So the guys playing the bad guys were all just having fun and fucking yeah. about. Yeah. Mm. Um, so the film starts in what apparently is an old people's home. Somebody said that. That's not right. 
But the someone says it's an old folks home. Yeah, it's like an OAP sex party. I'm not sure what's going <laughs> on. Yeah, that old folks home is lit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I ever get put in a home, that's where I want to be. They have raves, apparently. And I, I, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know why people were attacking it or why the mystery men were keeping tabs on this old people's home. <laughs> what do they want to know, to be honest? <laughs> um, but we get introduced to our... our our characters. Um, Hank Azaria does chew a lot of scenery in this film. He's, I'm, I'm positive they didn't write him an accent. And he was like, you know what? I can do an accent. That's my thing. <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. And Mr. Director, just go he with me with this one. Commits to an accent in every single thing that he does. Yeah. Like, I, I very rarely see him as himself. Is it a defense mechanism, do you think? Maybe. Like if people are distracted by the accent, they can't judge the acting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying he's bad, he's just maybe, maybe he's self-conscious. <laughs> I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's good either, but I mean he's not the worst one in this film. No. <laughs> Who is though? Mm, I was just just thinking that. Um, Paul well, Rubens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pee-wee Herman, that's who. Mm. I mean, like a, uh, although again, he commits. He, he does. Um, but if you, <laughs> if you commit to something terrible, does that make it better? Uh, no, because Hitler. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> you, can't just, you can't just rope Hitler into a Paul Rubens discussion. Uh, excuse me, I... this is on the internet, so I think you can. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, I can't believe he just punctuated his sentence with the word Hitler. Wow. Uh, Okay. I spent too much time on Reddit. Yeah. Mm. Should we be concerned about? Are you are you being radicalized, Tom? Against Hitler? Sure. (laughs) God. Okay. Who else is there? Okay, we've got William H. Macy Shovel. <laughs> Enjoy him. Um, ben Stiller, just in Ben Stiller mode. Um, I, I Yeah, I didn't like him in this. No. And, and I do like Ben Stiller films. Not all of them, because sometimes he's a little bit wooden, I suppose. He, like, when he's... I think his energy can be quite flat at times. But when he's good, he's good. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he's great in, like, Meet the Parents... I pop. get the feeling though he doesn't like to be the butt of a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, he's all right. He can give it, but he can't take it. Apparently, mm-hmm. him and Greg Kinnear had uh, blazing rows on the set of this, and Ben Stiller tried to get himself removed from the film. And you can kind of see he doesn't want to mm-hmm. be there. And it almost feels like his character when he keeps walking off. That's Ben Stiller. I just want to leave. <laughs> I just want to leave the film. No, come back. Well, it's, it sounded like the whole film was an absolute nightmare anyway. Mm. Did you read that thing that Hank Azaria said in an interview? Um, it's about the about tone the, of the film. No, the director, Kinker. Because oh. this, <laughs> <laughs> this director, this is the only film he's ever done. You don't? I wonder why. He's he no word of a lie. The the only thing in his resume are two Volvo adverts and two Nissan adverts. He's right. I'm literally I'm looking at his IMDb now, and he is. How did he get 
60 odd million. Who knows? You know, some people just just interview very well. I think he's just a very good interviewee. (laughs) But apparently Hank Azaria said that um, Kinker had said he was just sick of doing the film. (laughs) And he said he'd go back to doing one minute adverts. Wow. You know what? It's all starting to make sense. It does make more sense, especially like some of the, the shot choices and stuff in this movie. Oh, they love a there's POV a, shot, a, don't they? Yeah. There's a very stylized movie in here somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I, think I wrote you, that down like, why, why is it shot like Peep Show? Yeah, I, I've literally written the same thing. <laughs> but only... I think my, my favourite shot is probably the rubber glove shot yes. on either side of Greg and his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he makes his face... Yeah, no, I don't even. That's I think I'd agree with that. But it's if the whole film was like that, it might have been really quite interesting. But it's just the occasional like when it's two it's, characters takes you out a little bit. Or yeah, like, why he's sitting on a fork and therefore we're on a, a fork POV. Yeah, <laughs> it it felt like a, a very inexperienced director when 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 you think about it. There was not a lot of consistency to the style of the way it was it was put together. Um, but Greg Kinnear's Captain Amazing shows up in this uh, old folks' home, uh, very much like a, a much more PG Homelander. Um, like, got that written down right there. Yeah, yeah, just covered in like branding. Like, that's that, that's that's great. All that's the advertising, a fun call to, like sort of NASCAR style stuff, where everyone's just. I've yeah, I've written down. He looks like a rally car driver, a NASCAR <laughs> driver. That's exactly what he looks like. Um, but it is it, it it felt at that point like a more like a less masturbating on top of a skyscraper version of the boys. Yeah, I got the boy some boy vibes. Yeah, um, and well, I, I think I've got. A, I don't know if it is the same universe, but there's a there's a DC comic called Section Eight, and there's characters in that who are basically the whole comic book series is based in this bar for second rate superheroes and every so often oh, yeah. like like superman will visit or green lantern will come in for a drink and he's just talking about what he's been up to i feel like this this is sort of the same it, that you're getting an insight into these like low budget superheroes but the it's also telling you that there are actually capable superheroes out there so I think that's that was kind of your point also. So it needed the wider context of a superhero world to make them a bit funnier. But you only had Captain Amazing. Yeah. Well, there's, there's one point where he mentions Human Torch. Yeah, that was weird. Are we are we in the Marvel universe? Okay, theory. The final <laughs> the final episode of One Division is going to introduce the Mystery Men. <laughs> <laughs> they That's are a dramatic going... pull back to Paul Rubens. It's like, oh no! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they will save her from Agatha Harkness. You've heard it here first. Even though this will come out weeks after One Division's finished, it'll be that'd be great. You know what? I'm all up. <laughs> yes, get get them in the multiverse. Like get the original cast as well to do it. Jesus. <laughs> I'll bet they're all like, no, I'm not going back to that role ever again. They're all like, well, I've got nothing better to do, but I still don't want to do it. Yeah, they're just approaching Hank Azaria, just uh, trying to put the turban on his head. It's like, no, no, not again. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah, so 
uh, Greg Kinnear's Captain Amazing comes and saves the day. The the Mystery Men are all his number one fan, trying to get his autograph, what have you. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a great moment when he's walking out of the uh, the old folks' home and he just pushes a kid out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty great. <laughs> oh, that's pretty great. I just I wonder if if. I mean, obviously they couldn't have known, but I just think part of the problem is now superhero movies are so different to what they were in the nineties. A lot of what they are satirizing, it just it, it didn't it doesn't land now that we've got a different sort of. Um, well, what what had come out at this point? So you had all the, the Batman, all the Batman, all the Batmans, Mister um, Batman. Um, Obviously, Superman had been out but, by this time. Yeah, yeah. Blade. Yeah. Blade was out a year prior to this. Um, I think you had but some it's, like it's mainly the big DC guns, then. It's yeah, not much some... else. Yeah, because X Men was a year later. Other than like the, the really shit, like I was, was going to say, yeah, Spider-Man you had like the really <laughs> like low budget ones. Um, like Captain America is just wearing a bike helmet. Yeah, <laughs> and he legitimately carjacks a guy in that film. Is <laughs> he? Yeah, he. he... <laughs> Oh wow! He does the old look over there. There's something there, and then he robs this guy's car. I think he um, does it twice. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably just the same footage, but they've just reversed it. What a dick! <laughs> what a dick! Yeah, so there hadn't been many. Re- I mean, certainly not compared to we want, once you get to 2000 onwards. It's it's X Men, Spider Man, more Batman than the MCU than all the other DC stuff, then you've got like Watchmen. Yeah, I mean, I, it almost felt like it was too early, this film. Yeah, yeah, especially because you know, comic books, I don't really think were that popular back then. Not it's, like they it's are. Only, yeah, yeah it's, there's recently been like a comic book renaissance, haven't they, where... Mm. I mean, it, you, you had, I think, with, with the 90s especially, Marvel Comics nearly went bankrupt anyway, so they were a bit off the boil for that mm. 10 years. And ni- um, 90s comics are 90s comics. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. So many pouches. <laughs> so many <laughs> uses of the word wank. <laughs> <laughs> um, although you, d- you do have the best-selling comic of all time in the 90s, if anybody wants to tell me what it is. Pop quiz. Not killing joke, is it? Mm-mm. That was eights. Is. is it a Batman one or a Spider? Is it Spider-Man? Mm-mm. Oh, um, can we have a clue? It involved uh, this character. Well, death Superman, of Superman. <laughs> it was. It was the death of Superman. Yeah. Uh... I don't know if it's still, but I'm pretty sure it is like the biggest comic event of all time. Still. Yeah, that was a. That was a. And they advertised for hell out of that. Mm. They really went. Big on it. Was that before they um, basically killed off all their characters every month? Because that's what that's all they do now. A bit of weight to it, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) it it did. Because yeah, this was before people just died and came back constantly, and now it's meaningless. You know, like Alfred died recently in the books. Like, ah, he'll be back, and he is. He's fine. I think Bane snapped his neck. Bit mean, but I'm pretty sure he's he's back somehow. Anyway, mystery men. That's what we're talking about. so yes, Captain Amazing gets in his 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 limousine with his agent, I think, manager. Yeah, yeah uh, what was it? One of the marketing two. person. Yeah, um, and 
you, you get this insight that, you know, he he's very much like Homelander at this point. He wants the stage to show off what he can do. And he needs a nemesis to fight yeah. against. Um, I, I really love some of the names of these um, <laughs> villains. So I'll, 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 I'll read my favorite, which is probably, hmm, Baron Von Chaos, I think, might be my favorite. Okay, it's not bad. I like the uh, the little joke he's got when he goes, uh, "What about Death Man?" And he goes, "No, he's dead." <laughs> yes. Yeah, there are there are good jokes in this. They're just hidden. Yeah, yeah they're just lost. <laughs> they do get a little bit lost, don't they? Um, Father Doom, fun. Apocalypto, I'm a Gizmo. That's a fun one. Uh, nice. Most like of these that. sound like legit as well. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> they do sound like back catalogue villains from DC mm. and Marvel. Yeah, totally. Because then you know, we think of like Crazy Quilt. That could he's, he he could have just said Crazy Quilt, and you'd be like, oh, that's that's so that's so silly. It's yeah. silly. That's not real. The that's... Condiment King, <laughs> <laughs> Kite Man, and Kite Man has legitimately become like a bigger player in DC up, Comics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's had a great sort of backwards turn, hasn't he? Like... Yeah, just but. One thing that was pretty dark though, was a lot of these have been like executed. He's like Baron von Chaos got the chair. What? What's going on? It's America. Oh what? yeah. Why aren't more like comic book police forces doing this? Like it would solve mm. so many problems if the Joker was just put in the chair. I know. <laughs> well, I think it's because they're crazy, so they have to go to an institution rather than I don't know laws. Okay, I'll go with that. Go Can with we that. talk about Jeffrey Rush forever? Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. He's having so much fun. He totally is. He's, I don't know. I, it, it took me a while to warm to him in this film because I, I don't know if he's the right choice for this, but then he was definitely the right choice for this. Uh-huh. Well, I, I, he's channeling um, when he played the Marquis de Sade in Quills. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I have not. It, it Basically, it's the same character. He's, he's this sort of French aristocrat who pervert. is, yeah, insane and a pervert. Okay. All right. I mean, when he, <laughs> I don't know, didn't he have no, some he's... like running with, like, have some trouble recently with like, yeah, some... he's, mm. he, yeah. I think he's been in trouble. I don't know the details, but I don't. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, we'll, we'll, we'll move past that for now. <laughs> um, for now, like, you're going to bring it up later. <laughs> that'll Never. be the post show. That's the post show we're going to have. He, um, I, th- I just think his his first scene when he's in the um, Arkham Asylum, basically getting his having his parole hearing. I, I at first I thought, oh, you know, if he plays it this serious the whole film, it's not going to be, I'm not going to enjoy it. But then he gets really sort of campy as the film goes on and starts to have a lot more fun with it. Like maybe it's because he was one of the few actors that wasn't working with Ben Stiller. I don't know. He just seems he seems to be having more fun than anybody else. They're just him, Greg Kinnear, and Eddie Izzard just having a lovely time in a different yeah. set. <laughs> That's how it felt. His his stuff was better than the the hero stuff. All the villain stuff actually was was a lot more fun. I think I think they definitely did a better job 
satirizing supervillains and they did superheroes. And maybe right. it's just easier, I don't know, but that stuff worked better for me, definitely. Like all the gangs later on. Some yeah. of them I'm not sure you get away with now. But oh no, 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 no. But like absolutely the... not. But the... also two excellent cameos, at least two in that bit, where you got yeah. CeeLo Green. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah. Why CeeLo Green in nineties? He just. Um, do both of you know who the leader of the uh, douchey guys were? I do actually. Yeah. But it's Michael Bay. Yeah. Is it really? <laughs> oh my god. The leader of the frat boys. And he says, Can we take our beers with us? Yeah, love that. That was great. Oh, okay. Why why is a, a successful with some very good films, not so good as well, but director just in it? But they got a director of a few car ads to do it. I t- I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think he must just have interviewed very, very well. Oh dear. We, Do you think we, he lied on his resume? hundred percent. You know, we've yeah. all had those people join us at work. Like, how did you get this job? How really? What What did you say to them in that room to be able to do this? <laughs> you are severely underqualified. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love the interchange they have. The the first um scene in this diner greasy spoon first of many many scenes um when it's it's shuffler blue raja and roy um <laughs> and they're talking about captain amazing and i love when um william h mace is like uh, ben stiller's roy says well you know captain amazing and lance hunt are the same thing and shuffler's like no lance hunt wears glasses captain <laughs> amazing doesn't it doesn't make <laughs> sense like that's a really clever little bit of satire that's that I, I I really loved that, especially he... with a, a Chekhov's glasses later on. Oh god! Had to squeeze squeeze one in there. Like, <laughs> oh god! For Shuffler just like holding up, yeah, something to Lance and down and up <laughs> yeah. again and down again. Like, no, <laughs> but yeah, that was a fun little um little scene. Yeah, and then that's what I mean by like just imagine just a, a fun little bottle movie of people. In a superhero universe, just in a cast. Yeah, almost just like having a... those discussions. Like, of course, no, he's Clark Kent. He's just a. Have you met him? He's a yeah. different idiot. Of course, he's not Superman. Someone had put on Facebook recently about the whole Clark Kent Superman thing, and then someone had commented and put, "Have you ever seen uh, Zoe Deschanel without her bangs?" <laughs> <laughs> and they are two separate people. Like, <laughs> I'm looking that up now. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, it's almost as if we needed like a like a clerks level movie, just this small um in one place. Yeah. Just just or these go guys. the other way and make it like a naked gun sort of parody film. I was thinking this, like, you know, because you, you've got your satire, then you've got your outright spoof. And oh, that's spoof... weird. <laughs> <laughs> if you just seen Zoe Dash now, that bangs. I might have to look yes. at this now, for God's yeah. sake. So Sorry. look at that picture, and you t- you now say that people should know Clark Kent is Superman. I mean, he's also the size of a brick shit house, so it's that is true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, who is that? Oh no! 
Oh, no. What? No. There's just something something not right. It's like when you see those pictures where they flip the eyes upside down. In, the, <laughs> in your mind, you know there's something not quite right about it, but you can't put your finger on it. Oh, that is chic. How does she do that, I wonder? Well, she puts oh. her head to the side and takes her glasses off. Well, <laughs> there's more to it than that. That is a magic trick. <laughs> wow. Well, point made, Tom. Well done. Bravo. Here we go. Clark Kent is the Zoe Deschanel of superheroes. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so they head out into the street and then uh, Tony P and Tony C show up. Uh, the disco boys. I don't, really, I don't really know what they're doing. I think they're just introducing these characters for later. Um, but Back in town. Mm, Furious Roy decides to follow them while we get some home life shots of Shoveler and Blue Raja. Uh, we learn that Blue Raja doesn't have a British accent. Nope. It's just a Hank Azaria choice in character as yeah. well. I feel like he's channeling what people thought comic book nerds were in the 90s. Yeah, living with his mum, bit antisocial, middle-aged. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I don't live with my mum, but it's ticking all the boxes. <laughs> Time to reassess some things after the show's finished today, guys. Um, and then, yeah, we get those really unsettling POV shots of Shoveler and his wife. And out of context, that sounds like it's something else entirely. <laughs> but they're just having a conversation in the kitchen. But okay. But I really enjoy his um, his his arc is is one that I that I love. He should be like, who's the main character in this? Yeah. See, I was thinking this because towards the end, it's more. Shuffler, because he's the one that tends to rally the team a little bit more. But obviously, Ben still is your big name. But then you also get um, Janine coming in later on, who's got a story arc of her own. Yeah. So it feels like she's the main the, character halfway through. The bowler. I thought she was, out of everyone in it, I thought she was one of the most solid. Mm. Like She's she funny. She's and she's the only one that had a proper like want. Like you knew exactly what this character wanted to do. The rest of them were all just a little bit reacting to the situation around them. So there wasn't a lot connecting you with their stories. That well, what they actually wanted to do, just be heroes. But but why? Whereas she had this very clear revenge arc as well. That made her a little bit more interesting to watch because it was so stupid. This bowling ball, her dad's skull in it. It was just silly. But because you, well, how... you got it. If you took your father's skull to a bowling shop and said, here, look, mate, put, put that into a bowling ball for me. What? Some dodgy back-alley bowling ball maker. <laughs> Do they was exist? That, was that a joke? Back-alley bowling ball? <laughs> no, but yes. I definitely did that on purpose. Okay. I am actually funny. Okay. Um, I mean, everything's got a price, Tom. I'm sure if you've paid the right money, you could get anyone's skull in a bowling ball if you wanted Life lesson for you there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, our our next scene, uh, we see Casanova in his disco room with Eddie Izzard's Tony P. Um, again, they're just having fun at this point. And and these are the bits that I enjoy. But there was moments when Jeffrey Rush's accent kind of went off the boil a bit, but that's okay. What 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 could you mean, Lewis? Well, uh, <laughs> could it could it be when he goes Harvey Volbanker? 
<laughs> oh, it's either all the German or it's a bit Welsh. <laughs> Those two are very, very interchangeable. Um, so, Tom Prime, I have a question for you. Um, I know how much you love your architecture, but Casanova's mm-hmm. uber gothic architecture thoughts? Chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> beautiful. Wow. The only thing that annoys me is that there's a massive entrance, a massive foyer to the actual castle. Yeah. And then one very ungrand staircase tucked away. You'd, mm. you'd make a big sort of entrance, wouldn't you? Well, I like how all the I like how all the uh, rooms go down into themselves as well. It's very seventies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What What else have we watched where they had a room? Was it, uh, was it Highlander? It was fucking Highlander. Highlander. Yeah. yeah, of course it was. <laughs> where he goes up in a lift to then go down, down. two flights <laughs> <Yes>. of stairs <laughs> above a shop. Oh God, why? Just why? <laughs> okay. Um... Why has this place not been demolished? If they know this is the hideout, this is very obviously his hideout. I know. His name's on the mortgage. Like, why yeah, have they not just demolished it? They could probably sue him. Yeah. Uh, but Captain Amazing shows up. And again, I, I, I just, I think I kind of wanted them to have a different dynamic. Like, I, I was expecting them to be like, um, like in cahoots. Yeah, I was kind of more than, thinking, more than they were, kind of. Yeah, thing. because I, I kind of thought that maybe Casanova would know that he, you know, obviously, he know he knows he's Lance, but I kind of thought he'd know that he'd got him out on purpose so they could resume their rivalry, and that I didn't expect him to immediately. Um, yeah, for him. It, it doesn't make sense because he's at the hearing yeah. as Lance, and yeah, exactly. obviously Casanova knew. Yeah, great, yeah. Mo- great moment, by the way, when Lance turns up and reads out his shopping <laughs> list. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that is great. <laughs> and not a single person asks to see that letter. No, no. Fantastic. Very little due diligence at the psychiatric facility, but okay. So so you are right. Like, why, why doesn't Casanova understand that Lance and Captain... What's he called? Captain... Amazing. Amazing. I was going to call him Captain Awesome, but that's... Don't know why. Um, why don't they know each other? Why don't they just? Why doesn't get an idea of what's going on? I don't know. I just well, maybe think... he doesn't. Just doesn't care. Just like, yeah. I don't care what your plan is. I'm going to kill you. But yeah, either way, it. I, I think they need, needed to have a different, different dynamic. Yeah. They do what sort is... of dig into the fact that they've been enemies for a long time, though. Because when Amazing comes in, he says, "Can you remove the?" poison dart you've got in your umbrella and oh yeah that's 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 pretty great he knows where all of his secret weapons are you know, I can't, take... yeah is is he meant to be smart or stupid i can't tell mm, true he's, he's yeah because it's like, yeah. like playing chess and like can you do that oh, i've got you there because he clearly knows his enemy very well but then he is almost immediately um incapacitated so huh. mm-hmm. good question mm. well, he's kind of like a I thought it was a bit like a sort of Homelander slash syndrome. I got some, douche, I got some, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of Incredibles vibes to this, you know, particularly with syndrome, that sort of, I want to create the villain for me to stop. So I'm the hero again. Uh, but it didn't quite pan out that way. Um, I'd, I'd have loved it. If you know, when uh, the guys are skipping ahead a little bit, but they turn up 
and have a fight with the disco boys and the disco mm. boys are just like guns and chains and just kick the shit out of them because that's what you would do yeah and but i was like well, there's no theming here this is ridiculous yeah i, I, I enjoyed would, that i would love it if uh casanova frankenstein had become like that while in prison like he used to be all superhero like super villainy and doing maniacal stuff and now he still wants to do that thing but he will just shoot him instead like, yeah, because that would imagine just if they come yeah. in and they've done all their little to do, and he just pulls out a gun. This is like, well, yeah, because that that would, would be not. a a reversal of the trope, you know. Rather than monologuing, he just shoots him. Yeah, there's there's no cat and mouse game at all. It's just, oh well, you're in my room. I'm just going to shoot you right now, because yeah, that yeah, okay. I, I want to see your movie, Tom. There you go. Cool, working on it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm I, I'm assuming in, in the next scene uh, you've got Ben Stiller's Roy working in his junkyard. The radio announcer sounds suspiciously like mm. Apu from The Simpsons. <laughs> I wonder why that could be. I can't mm. have to do that voice, did he? He could have just done an American accent. <laughs> he could have done. That was such a choice on his <laughs> it part. Was. It was. <laughs> I can't imagine they wrote in the script. No. Like... <laughs> Indian radio news announcer it... but to be honest if if you get in Hanker's area from the simpsons you want him to do the simpsons voice mm. he could have done mo that would have been great could like i said mo's, mo's not getting a radio job is he like... oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true um yeah the next scene like you said so is that is it's, it's a pretty great scene when when they they they, they go to casanova's house and and the disco boys come out and they just beat the shit out of them <laughs> Um, and but then it jumps back to this diner again. So it's our second, possibly our third scene in the diner already. Uh, they're sort of having a bit of a um, debrief of what's just um, what's just happened, and they decide they need to sort of recruit more heroes. Um, and then they go to Kel Mitchell's Invisible Boy, which is one of my favourite lines in the whole film, um, which is just. Hey, Dad, I'm going to my room with three strange men. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Such a great line. Great. Really great. And he reveals his his superpower, um, which is he can turn invisible, but only when nobody's looking at him. (laughs) Not even himself. Just, (laughs) I know. (laughs) Just genius. But also his clothes fall off. Yeah, that was weird. Like it, it, but they didn't like fall off as if he'd undressed. They fell off as if he was turning into a force ghost, like Alec yeah. Guinness in just the new old. existing. It just <laughs> fell to the ground. Like I was waiting for like Darth Vader to walk on and start kicking them a little bit, trying to see what was going on. <laughs> <sighs> That's one of my favorite moments in Star Wars, by the way, when Darth Vader is just, just it's like just kicking, a kicking robe. <laughs> yeah, <Obi-Wan> Kenobi's <laughs> robes, like as if he doesn't know what's happened. Like where's he gone? <laughs> oh, Obi, Obi, who'd have thought it? <laughs> There's like a senile old man just like shuffling the ground. <laughs> oh, Anakin, what are you like? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, they recruit Kel Mitchell's invisible boy. I was just excited seeing Kel Mitchell again. Yeah, I've not seen him on TV for a long time. Well, this was sort of. This yeah, was this, Pete yeah. Goodberger and Keenan and Kel, weren't it? Yeah. 
God, the loaves are in soda. It, it, yeah, I was just going to say, it must have taken some restraint not to have an orange soda reference anywhere in this film. Like, I think missed opportunity completely. Yeah. Not in my movie. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, this, this film is ripe for a remake. You know, I think this, especially now, I mean, come on. Yeah, but I, think, I think it would just be compared to the boys. And yeah. that's not going to go favorably well, unless they do uh, it incredibly well. Yeah, if you do it well, but uh, you know, The Boys is very much its own thing. It's very um, black comedy. You know, it's very dark. You know, I think if you did this, but more light-hearted, I'd, I'd love to see it in like a at, at the style of like The American Office. You know, where it's just them being spoken to in this diner, yeah. and you, you well, don't go anywhere else. It's just them There's being been interviewed. A, a couple of series that I don't think have ever really gotten off the ground of like. Office workers in a superhero world. What's yeah, there was that Alan one Tudyk with um, one. yeah the Alan Tudyk one. That was uh, he was like Bruce Wayne's cousin, wasn't he? Um, I've forgotten I what it was that. called. Oh, I love that man. So. Was that like Howell the damage powers or something? Yeah, they're like a is there like an insurance thing in like the DC universe or something? Because hmm. it's the only time that um, Starro has been live action. Um, oh, is that yeah? That's what he, yeah yeah. There's like okay. he's like brushing his teeth in the morning, and then you just see Starro climbing a building out the window, and it's just a really flippant moment. Wow. That's a good series, to be honest. Uh, I'm trying to get through his IMDb. He's too he does too much stuff. <laughs> he powerless. That was it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he does a lot of things. I love him. Have you watched um, Resident Alien yet? No. Or, or heard of Resident Alien. I just saw a still image of a random alien dude. Is that one? Yeah. Huh? Um, he, he plays an alien that's crash-landed in this sleepy town, and he becomes a do- he takes on the form of the local doctor. It's one of them, like, proper serials that they do, like a police cop drama. It's good. Sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give anything with him in a go. Yeah. What are we talking about? Alan Tudyk. Okay. Anything, anything but this <laughs> film. <laughs> yeah. Um, Invisible Boy, though, one of the things that I thought was fun. Um, but then the Ugh. next scene, we get oh. to perhaps... Again, if you're going to do a fighting superhero, it's fine for one scene. Get rid of him after this. Like, yeah. you've, made, you've made the gag. Kids might find it funny. I can tolerate it for a scene. Like, oh, that was that was a bit gross and silly. But to become one of the main players, oh my god! With that, with the look of his face, the pimples on him, the greasy hair. Also, he, he, I don't know why he chose this. Is like he wasn't doing himself any favors because this was the first thing he did since. Do you know what happened in '91 with the whole masturbating thing? Oh, vaguely. Yeah, he he was. <laughs> In 91, he was arrested for indecent exposure in an adult theatre in Florida. Because Florida. I mean, Florida. And in, in an adult theatre. Still just don't. Well, You've that just means really like... unlucky to get caught. I'm not sure I'm lucky. What was he doing to for it to be con- considered <laughs> indecent there? Yeah, that, that is too much. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't masturbating himself. Maybe that was the problem. Oh. Okay. Um, anyway. <laughs> 
He wasn't masturbating himself. That's just not masturbating. <laughs> I'm going to masturbate. No, I mean, like, he, he was, like, you know, just leaning <laughs> over to the guy next to him. Oh, God. Oh, sorry, I'm not wearing my glasses. Death perception. <laughs> Stranger in the theatre. <laughs> I says that he's doing it. No, excuse me. What? <laughs> I I don't know how Americans ever found this man funny. Uh, I'm I'm not convinced that country's got a good sense of humour. Sorry. <laughs> but he did. He basically gave us Tim Burton. Over Tim Burton, we know. Didn't he do Pee Wee's Playhouse, the movie? Tim Burton. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, is it funny? <laughs> Uh, as much as Pee Wee Herman is. Mm. Probably not with the uh, sexual misconduct no. um, foreshadowing it. Can you imagine way. getting a job as an usher in an adult theatre? <laughs> like, who caught him? Who uh, Must be... I, I mean, I'm sure he wasn't the only one. And that, that must be an awful job. Yeah. Do you think I mean, had PP uh, before all this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you stick to the floor in normal theatres. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. Hmm. Although I suppose that's a risky take when you go into adult theatre, isn't it? Like You might. Like, don't switch a black light on. Jesus. Uh, I've, uh, okay, I've accidentally got... walked into one before. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure you got hepatitis. So... Yeah, it came out, came out of this sty. Um, <laughs> or STI. Sorry, I said it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's my Paul Rubens. Funnier than Paul Rubens in this film. That was well done. I mean, it's just not a sense of humor that I appreciated. You know, but for a scene, I was like, okay, he's in it. Oh, oh, he's still in it. Oh, he's part of it now. Fine. Right. At least they don't like him, I suppose. Which is <laughs> yeah, that's true. Why recruit him then? I just... To be fair, he's probably the most dangerous out of all of them. <laughs> mm, I guess. Mm, not saying much, though. No. Uh, but yeah, they have their superhero tryouts. This this was a scene that really bugged me because some of it I thought, oh, this is funny. Hmm. But other parts, like this should have been the highlight of the film for me, the superhero tryouts. And this, ironically, was the bit they moved through the quickest they just said mm-hmm. the names and off they went. And then you just got um, the bowler at the end joining up. But it's like Dane Cook as well. Yeah, yeah, Dane, Dane Cook. Um, I didn't like, you could tell a guy wrote this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. PM, <laughs> for PMS, PMS Avenger. Avenger. That she was only not... works four days, a, four days a month. Not I think okay. she said or something like that. Yeah, that was And then not... you have a random women dressed like Wonder Woman having a fight and... Yeah, because there's a bit later on when they break into they're making their way through Casanova's um, palace and they start to like shrink those women's clothes. Yeah. Ben still has that awful line where he's like, oh, my pants are shrinking. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it, it definitely was written by a man. Yeah. And not a very funny man either. So. Well... I mean, I did a bit of research on him. It's not not exciting. Go on. Uh, so he's called Neil Cuthbert, and I was going to do a shit or salvation list, but he's probably done three notable films that we've seen. Okay. And one of them's Mystery Men. <laughs> um, he did Hocus Pocus. 
that, I mean, that's, all right. Jesus, that's a good film. Yeah. He that's wrote a Hocus classic. Pocus. How do you how, what? How do you <laughs> go from that to this? Run out of ideas. Who knows? And yeah. how did they team him up with a guy who does adverts for Volvo? <laughs> how did how does that happen? And then he sort of redeemed himself. Well, it went downhill to Mystery Men. And then he did Pluto Nash, hmm. which okay. is no, which is like okay. Eddie Murphy's yeah. rated film he's, yeah. he's ever done. Huh. That's uh that's a CV kind that's of. Yeah. Well then <laughs> why is he why is he writing really sexist, stupid jokes when in Hocus Pocus it's like female led? Yeah. Right. Maybe well maybe. Mm. Let's just shovel the blame on Kinker. Maybe it was a directoral. Oh. You know how some people. <laughs> it's like Tourette's. Like you just can't <laughs> help yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he didn't yeah. make all the decisions on quite on possibly. That kind of thing. Quite possibly. Um, Although I, a lot of these actors, are, I get the impression they are very strong-willed, and I can mm. imagine they put their fingers in this disgusting pie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, sometimes you get these you get these odd throwaway lines. It's nothing to do with the writer. It could just be like an on the day. Oh, say, say this. That'd be funny. Yeah. Are you sure it won't upset every woman that watches it? Nah, do it. It's funny. It's really funny. I mean, women aren't watching this. <laughs> this, this is <laughs> this is for disgusting men like us. <laughs> <laughs> um, when when the bowler arrives, um, I don't know if they had to film this in a hurry, but the sound equipment was broken for this scene. I don't know if you guys noticed this. I did go a little bit, like, I think it's outside filming and stuff. It did go a bit wonky, didn't it? But all of it before then was okay, but it suddenly sounded like they only had one microphone for six actors. It was very quiet and you could just hear like the wind blowing through it as well. <laughs> it's like, it sounded like that day, Tom, when we filmed at a graveyard for our <laughs> university project, it was that level of, of quality for me. I feel like you need to add some um, context to that. I don't think you should. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's better off in their imaginations. It was a real graveyard, though. It was. Very um, disrespectful. <laughs> what what a, ju- a oddly joyous day that was. <laughs> <laughs> Had a good time. Had a good time. Anyway, what's going on? What's going on? So I have a note here which just says, I'm trying to put my finger on what it is that's not working for this film. I, I still don't know if I've quite figured out exactly what it is, but I think we've covered quite a lot of where it goes wrong. I think the biggest thing for me, I, I've put this here, is just the way it's all contextualised. It's this weird world they live in doesn't make what they're doing seem funny because it just seems like, well, that's the world you live in. That's that makes sense in the context you've created. They've not done the most with what they were given because this it's got the bare bones of a, a decent film. They just they just don't run with it. No. They breeze over so much stuff. It needs to be one thing or another, but they're trying too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think it's the next scene when we do get uh, a moment I thought right this feels like what I want it to be yeah it's when they 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 track down Casanova and they like they chase him in his car and uh, you know they ram him off the road and you know it's it's the 
it's the first time we've got a proper confrontation between the hero and the villain. And there's just a great bit when Hank Azaria is just dragging his fork down the side of the car. <laughs> <laughs> just like he's keying it. Like, that is, that's great. Um, and then Ben... Um, is, is Frankenpuss an actual insult? <laughs> uh, yeah. It is now. That was, that was fun. I've read... I really love it when they're actually like he's scraping the car and he's hitting the bonnet and Casanova's just sat there shrugging. He's like, <laughs> what are they yeah. doing? <laughs> but that's, those are bits that I found really funny. And, but then you've got that. And then to contrast it, you've got the shoveler really expertly twirling his shovel around and like flicking it off the ground. And, you know, it, it's you can get like, the Avengers with a bit like, if Hawkeye can get the Avengers, I reckon totally. the shoveler could go. Totally, because because there's a bit later on when he gets like a little trowel out as well, like he's got little <laughs> ones as well. <laughs> oh, that was pretty it's great. great. Um, but 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 this scene was fun because it has Ben still has the only line that he made me laugh with, and it's when um he, he's arguing with Casanova. I don't know what he says, but Ben still just goes, "Please don't correct me. It sickens me." <laughs> that was just a really <laughs> fun line. There's some um, great lines in this film, and. It's a shame that they're all bree- like they breeze over them so quickly. They do, and I just think again, um, my, my next note is uh, there's actually too many gags to to find the ones that work because everything's a yeah, yeah well, everything's a gag. Even like because because that's even the setting is a gag. It's like where's the bit that I'm supposed to be looking at right now? Well, when Eddie Izzard says to Janine that I'm the one who gave you Daddy the shaft. Which is that's what she said, by the way. Um, it's it's a throwback to when Janine says, um, "Yes, I'm the bowler's daughter." He fell down an elevator shaft onto some bullets. <laughs> <laughs> that's a genuinely good joke. And you know what? And I missed that completely. I didn't remember that line in the slightest. And that is a genuinely good line. <laughs> you know, it's like the whole you got lead poisoning. You know, that's a just yeah. a funny line. It's good. Um, what do you think of her whole thing of like a Kagan just having an argument with a bowling ball? Um, uh, I don't know. I, re- it, I think it's used a bit too much, but I, just, I think she's fun. I think it, it would have been better as just like a little twist. Like it's been speaking to her the whole time. Oh, oh, you know, because a lot of it just, just seems like it's in her head. It would have yeah. been, you needed something extra with it. Like maybe it speaks to somebody else. I was like, oh, okay, it really does speak. I, I did think the the skull of her father was talking to her, but then it threw it it threw me off because then it it sort of posits the idea: is there a is the supernatural in this world? Yeah, like well, yeah, it's a Marvel universe. Powers, like <laughs> <laughs> because even the villains don't have superpowers; they're just everyday mm. people. He's just got yeah. one long fingernail. That's his superpower. I he mean, sharpens. oh my god! <laughs> One of the best moments in the whole film is, yeah. just, is Jeffrey Top Rush and <laughs> Stiller with his <laughs> pinky, like it's a deadly weapon. And then we go to finger cam. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's the one time that POV shot was perfectly used. <laughs> finger cam. I mean, oh, no. that's not the first time you've said that, is it? Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, not finger cam. Jesus. And his pinky gets massive. Like, <laughs> it's, it's the size of a fucking pool noodle. 
Great bit of imagery that was. Pull a noodle. It's like I'm on holiday. Lovely. Okay. Um, but so again, but this is this is when the film just sort of falls away again. Yeah, we have this great scene, and suddenly we're back to them as a group chatting. <laughs> it just it goes forwards, you get a bit of momentum, and then it stops. And it's them mm. trying to there's just lots of we need to reassess our goals sort of scenes and lots of trying to rally themselves scenes and it, it, you needed one of that one big scene you know with the all is lost moment but there's like five all is lost moments and it loses any sort of meaning yeah but we, we... a bit when um whatever that weird guy with a always talking in stupid ways when he turns yeah. up and we do the what i thought was just going to be a montage except every yeah. scene of a montage yeah, was a full length scene, so it's like just, just. So he ah. was like there. Um, who was it from Predator? Poncho. Is that him? <laughs> Jesse Ventura. We need to be very careful around how we. Uh, but that we was describe this gentleman. What, that was pretty much what <laughs> they went for here. They didn't really try to flesh him out as any anything other than a stereotype. Yeah. Because he, he just talked. Wise old master, isn't he? That's yeah. that's all he is. Yeah. But even that's great, like, the, the bit where it's montaging but not montaging. I, I like the bit where you see them, like, sewing their own costumes. and Amazing. That's so funny. <laughs> that th- Yeah, but it, it just needed more of these little... You know what? Maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Like, but, yeah, just keep it to 30 seconds a scene. Just get Yeah, this it. is it. This is it. It's, it's 30 minutes too long, this film, because after this finished, I was like, right, how long are my favourite comedy films? They were all between 90 and 100 minutes without fail particularly Jim Carrey films, they just rattle through and I love them. And, they, and this just, like I said, just to sharpen these scenes up a little bit, Ben Stiller has a line in this bit though, when he's arguing with uh, the Sphinx and when he exits, he has this great line that makes no sense at all, but it's just I don't need a compass to tell me which way the wind shines. <laughs> <laughs> great. What I'm does gonna... that mean? I'm going to start using that. Same. It's going on my list of things I'm going to say <laughs> with um, oh. some motherfuckers like to up hill ski or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. So I don't need a compass to tell me which way the wind shines. So good. Oh, His to wow. and fro with Sphinx as well is great. Yeah. When, when, when he blatantly just goes, what, your rage will become your master? Yeah. You say that way. See, that's, that's, but then... Suddenly you realise that's what the film needed. The the person that's in the world that isn't playing along with these daft superhero rules. You needed that one person. Like, this is all really stupid, guys. Like, he's talking bollocks right now. Because <laughs> that was Ben Stiller's best scene, you know, when he's actually, like, um, cutting through the bullshit superhero uh, wise old master tropes. Mm. There wasn't enough of that to sort of sustain the film, really. Um and then, yeah, he just goes off and has a little mini rom-com with a waitress. Uh, no need for this subplot I, at I all. I think it's written into his, his writ that he's always got to fall in love with the leading woman. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also... Except she's not the leading woman. She's just... Yeah, the whole thing was... Well, yeah, I suppose, actually. The whole thing was pointless because I, I get she comes back at the end, you know, some somehow Casanova knows about her. But again, you could have done that final confrontation without her. It just added an extra 10 minutes to the film you didn't need. 
And it, it, it did just feel like Ben Stiller was contractually obliged to have a B story in this film. It, do, it doesn't pay out. It doesn't play out very well at the end when mm. she's kidnapped as well, because they fall in love very quickly. They've been on one date. It would have been better if they'd have, if he'd have kidnapped one of the team. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, spot on. Like kidnap oh, split, spleen, and then he wouldn't. He won't be yes. in the film for the next half an hour. <laughs> Get rid of spleen. Except no one's kidnapping spleen, are they? No. But uh, you know, it would have made sense to like get Sphinx, the guy that got them together working as a team, is the one that's taken away. Well, we've got to get him back. Well, especially as he's on that final mission, and then for half of it, I don't know where he is. No, he's nowhere to be seen. (laughs) He is nowhere to be seen. And he—he's the only one who's got actual powers as well. (laughs) Why is he sidelined by this guy who can fart? Like, (sighs) so stupid. I mean, on one hand, you get it. Well, that's part of the joke i guess but it doesn't work um but yeah ben stiller leaves for a bit his his character goes off to do some soul searching and the rest of the team go to see uh tom waits's heller do we all know who who tom waits's voice inspired i recognize it but... uh heath no. ledger based his joker voice on tom waits uh, okay okay there you go. Little, um... I, can't, I can't see it, but I believe you. You don't see a voice, Tom. You hear a voice. I see your voice. <laughs> go and listen to some Tom Waits interviews and, and, and you can, you uh, can I hear think, it. Uh, I vaguely remember yeah, listening to some older stuff of his. And... Yeah. It, 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 it doesn't lead into it so much in this film, but in other stuff, you can really hear the Joker sounds to it. Does, he, hear... does he laugh really, really strangely? He slams people's faces on top of pens on tables ah. frequently. Can you imagine if he's just in an interview and someone tells a joke and he just goes, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Tom, wait, do you got a strange laugh? <laughs> you want to see a magic trick? Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> he is he is the um, cue of the film, I guess, um, with all his gizmos and gadgets mm. aplenty. I Who think... is it and what's its color? Very good. Thank you. It feels like I don't think they knew as much about superheroes as they needed to in this. What do you mean? Because, like, who lives at the abandoned, uh, like, circus or theme park? It's not a good guy. It's true. <laughs> very true. Joker, basically. <laughs> That's very true. Okay. And he's think... terrible at hiding his identity as well because he literally tells the first person he sees, I make weapons. He's got business cards. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was around this point I wrote the note, what the fuck is this movie? This is the point when I was... I, I, I watched it in two parts because I was a bit like, oh, it's, it is... Because we're at the midway point at this. And I'm just like, it still just hasn't actually started. There's just... We've had like three almost confrontations that it's a lot of it could have just been condensed at this point. And I was a bit like, okay, I need to just take a break from this and, 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 and go back to it because Ben Stiller then returns to the team before the team has left. And it all felt like, why did he leave in the first place? Cause it felt to me like he was going to leave and then triumphantly return at the end to help save the team. But he just comes back with a bit of a whimper. Like I'm back. <laughs> yeah. He left okay. for his B plot. 
Yeah, it's just <laughs> no. He comes back while they're they're still sewing. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Like it's it's so much time has passed and so little story has been told. Do you think they uh, maybe shoved it in like last minute the whole B plot thing? It, it, quite easily because the fact that he he returns to the team at the same story point that he left it hmm. is just it's bad writing and a, a lot of it i was watching this and i was like did the person that wrote this really do his research on the superhero genre because there's a lot of missed opportunities for me in this and i just wondered has he just based this off of schumacher's batman films solely or has he actually sat down and read a book or because there's no like even like christopher reeve jokes in this i'm not saying like no. jokes about him but just the, the the movie itself like where was the superman sort of satire other than just the lance and his glasses i suppose that's the only did bit they, we really got did they not get the bob burden who wrote the flaming carrot comic books in as like a consultant because that's usually what happens these days isn't well it? apparently you know, the invisible boy was his idea so he must have been there somewhere Mm. Maybe that's I, where the good things are coming from. Quite <laughs> possibly, because yeah, quite. I can't imagine Bob Burden has sat and watched this film unfurl and gone, "Yeah, I'm happy with that. Proud of that." <laughs> that is my vision to a T. <laughs> uh, you're almost better off with like Bastard Man and Burnt Face Man. Like they, I'd rather I'd rather watch them to be honest. Give, give me that film. So wasted. <laughs> right let's keep going right because yeah. because we are getting to a good bit um it's We're the losing it's, momentum like this movie i know it's <laughs> the um it's the super villain party next and a All lot right. of this is so much fun it's like um, it looks like scooby-doo and a flash gordon had a baby yeah there's so much color and weird things and yeah i love it yeah and like you know dude can we bring the brewskis yeah Great. <laughs> more, more of that, Michael Bay. Like Michael Bay, stick to playing those characters and stop making movies, please. There you go. Which which um supervillain team would you want to be part of? Uh, I like the Asian David Bowie's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's probably got to be them. Definitely. Not uh, not the furries. Furries. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. That's. That's not what I envisioned a furry to be. <laughs> I mean, get it now. Some of these teams are a bit problematic, but never mind. Some. Um, yeah. Mm. I think the frat boys are pretty on point. That's how I expect yeah. they are, really. Was CeeLo Green famous at this time? I Has I he ever so. been famous? He's had a couple of songs. He was in The Mars Singer. He was spoilers for <laughs> the first series of Mass Singer. UK, the height of fame. That is the height of fame. Jesus, well, um, stop getting Sue Perkins. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well done. You're proud of that. I am very proud. Of did that. you actually figure out it was Sue? Yes, I did. He wow. actually did as well. We were talking about it. Jesus. I thought it was Rosie O'Donnell, which was... <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be further from Super Kids. Well, she put on this really terrible New York oh, accent God. throughout the whole yeah. series. Uh, threw me right off. <laughs> anyway, Mystery Men. Uh, yeah, Mystery Men. Um, 
we are into the third act of the film now, and it, th- th- this is probably the best forty minutes of the film uh, because things are actually happening. Um, there's a really strange scene though when the the, the mystery men are you know what I'm coming to the mystery yeah. men are making their way through the compound and a skunk yeah. just starts to uh, attach itself to Spleen's leg and that it's. Every time we do these shit films, the weird sex scenes are the best framed shots <laughs> in the film. And yet again, we've got these two characters with the moon circling them, a low Dutch uh, tilt. It looks great, but there's a skunk humping Paul Rubin's leg inexplicably for no reason. What the fuck was that all about? I thought it was great. I thought it was, <laughs> you know, you know, like in Batman when the Batwing goes in front of the <laughs> <laughs> That's this film's version of the Batwing. <laughs> See, that would have been great if somehow they'd managed to like shape them so they were almost vaguely in the shape of a plane. But why? What was the point of that interchange with a horny skunk? And it never, nothing happens with it. No. It doesn't come back. Like, there's no payoff. Like, you know, if the skunk came back, you know, like um, in The Simpsons right. when Principal Skinner's hamster like rolls back in in the snow day and he's like, oh, thank God, nibbles, chew through my ball sack. Like, you need like, the skunk to come back <laughs> heroically at the end in that kind of weird sort of, but it just didn't happen. It's just a completely another little scene. You could just take that out of the film, and we can get through. We can all get home a lot yeah. quicker. Even if they'd explained I... like the skunk was his sidekick, like yeah, even that would have been better than what we got. But like, I, I keep imagining like having to be in the theater watching this. I'm so glad I got to be at home so I could pause it and just take a break <laughs> in, your, in your safe place, <laughs> and I could just go to bed and start again the next day. Anyway, um, the the next scene is pretty spectacular because the mystery men go to save Captain Amazing and spectacularly fail saving Captain. Oh, Amazing. Really yeah. As well, but... Oh yeah, because he's he's a total dick. Um, but they turn up in Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, Iceman tank as well, don't they? Like, it mm. just reminded me of the Schumacher <laughs> <laughs> tank that Arnold Schwarzenegger drives around in. They do so. A lot of this um, setup is quite fun when they're all, uh, you know, they have their like um, big speeches to the family. So Blue Raja tells his mum that he's a hero, and uh, the shoveler is like, you know, uh, I need to go save the world. And his wife's like, well, I might not be here when you get back. And I love his lines. Just he's just so like, well, that's a risk I have to take. Like, he's, it, the, he's the only hero in this. Yeah, I feel. but. It, like, and and it's great because you because the music's starting to swell and it's all a little bit like meaningless because they're all such idiots. But you love it because he plays it so seriously, like leaving his wife maybe for the last time. But you know it's not. But it's still quite fun. Um, He's and then, the Captain America of this film, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And I've, yeah. I've missed out one of my favourite bits when uh, Blue Raja's mum like takes him up to the loft and unveils the family <laughs> heirlooms of cutlery. <laughs> Like I love, nice. the, I love the idea that the whole family's obsessed with knives and forks. There's a there's a great bit when she says, "I was going to give it to you on your wedding day," but yeah. I feel that's a long way off. <laughs> yeah, that is great. <laughs> there's some weird sort of sexual oh, chemistry totally. between them two as well. Totally. Which is I don't like not it. okay. I don't <laughs> like it at all. But it's such a fun little moment. Like that's his family's arc. That they are the cutlery family. That's why his 
his power is just flinging the racist cutlery family. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And why is he so obsessed with like colonialism anyway? What's that about? His mum is as well. She's getting off on it because then she turns around to him and says, do the voice. (laughs) Uh, We're getting a bit too back to the future now. But yeah, yeah, Captain Amazing, um, back into this scene. um, He's really really great interchange about a toggle. Some pretty snappy dialogue in, in this scene. It's fun. This yeah. this scene is great. Yeah. The whole bit where they're trying to like free him from these shackles is just, yeah. you know, and, and because it's it's there's a good pace to it. It's some really funny back and forth. There just wasn't enough of enough of that before this, but I really enjoyed this. And then they just like incinerate him, and you kind of saw it coming. Yeah, but, but it's it's kind of awful. It is awful. It's it is horrible. absolutely. It's um. The film did not prepare me for. How gross that bit was no. going to be, really? Not at all. And then the bowler goes up and checks his pulse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I just love the fact that these superheroes have killed the only good superhero mm. in this film. Totally, totally. Um, it it does get a lot more fun at this point because mm-hmm. um the next scene um Jeffrey Rush is one of my favorite lines when he's he's talking to all his his, his villains about his plan to like whatever it is he's doing. And then he just goes, and there'll be still time to get down und boogie. <laughs> just, <laughs> just love it. Just love how much fun he's having at this point. How much do you want to see Jeffrey Rush as another villain? Like, do you, I just want to see him in like the MCU or yeah, a DC I'm, superhero film. I'm not sure what's going to happen now, but you know, probably he's not. Great as Barbosa. I was going to say, he's a lot of fun in Pirates of the Caribbean, but I, I, I think his, his supervillain days are behind him. Um, but then again, I'm just starting to really enjoy the film, and they're back at their little headquarters again. I'm like, for fuck's sake, we're just getting somewhere, and they're back at um, Tom Waits's creepy amusement park of bad special effects. Like, why? And then they spend a good twenty minutes embroidering the uniforms. Yeah, again, getting. Yeah, yeah this is what I mean. It's just, it's like maybe okay. like their superpowers are just the power of embroidery. Oh God, they just can't get the movie on a steady trajectory at all. At least it's a practical superpower. Embroidery. You know when in superhero worlds if, if someone's got super strength and they're not a superhero, they're just helping you move furniture and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. At least you could get a job out of that, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. Um, but we finally get like the, the the rousing speech from William H Macy, uh, just making Such his little great egg, making his egg salad the whole time, which is which totally just undercuts the seriousness of it, and I love it. And he ends his speech with just, "Are we going to do this, or do I eat this sandwich?" <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, oh, I, I'm not sure if it's just before or just after this, but I think I think my favorite line in the movie is, "We've got a blind date with destiny." And it looks like she ordered a lobster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is that is Shoveler when he gets in the like um, yeah. Iceman mobile. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so good. We just needed this time to save the day moment 30 minutes earlier. Because this that was so funny. What a great line. Uh, there's some individual moments of genius in this film. It's just lost amidst a lot of nothingness, really. Um, but yeah, it, it 
this was the point when I was like, yeah, William H. Macy is the MVP of this film. Totally. He is he is so good. That's what I mean. He should be the main character, but sometimes yeah. it feels like he's not. So it's Yeah. Because it, it cuts back again to Roy and the waitress, and the waitress is like, You gotta know who you are. You know, you are Roy. Like, what, 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 what's going on? Why is he having this moment? And then he has that little crisis of confidence as to who he is. Again, didn't really didn't really need it. But we do get that great scene once they've all suited up and they're walking out of the smoke. And then Roy just tries to turn tail and run the other way. Like, no, 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 come on. And that's <laughs> that one of the, the most superhero, like, yeah. heroey bits of the thing. And that's very Schumacher. Very, well. but it's great because they're all in these shit costumes. <laughs> and it's so funny because it is garbage what they're wearing. <laughs> oh, God. It, there's there's a really great bit, though. I, I don't know when it is, but they're trying to make Roy angry. And someone just says to him, your penmanship is atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a great line. Oh, what a great line. Um, but yeah, they, they, they break into the superhero party in the um, Schumacher mobile. That's what we're going to call it now, the Schumacher mobile. Uh, switch on the giant magnet. Very sort of season five Breaking Bad that. Enjoyed that. I wanted to Google something again because I had a question, but okay. I felt like I couldn't. Um, a gun's magnetic? It depends on the gun. Yeah. Because when they turn that magnet on, all the guns sort of rush towards this tank. Mm. I suppose if they're, made, if they're made from steel, they yeah. should be. I think they would be. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You've, you've saved me being put on a, a list, a watch I, list. I think the definitive <laughs> answer for that would be Mag- Magneto can pull guns away. That is my definitive answer. So they must be magnetic if Magneto can manipulate them. Yeah, because that yeah. is grounded in reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. No, that's I, fine. I saw it in X Men, Tom. It happened. Okay. Well, imagine just Fucking one day like, someone walking up to Magneto and shooting him, and he's like, stops it, but the bullets made of copper. So it's just like. <laughs> 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 Um, did anyone else notice that the maximum speed for this tank is 60 miles per hour? It, how it... Jeez. Like, it must, it must have taken them weeks to get to this compound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a practical thing, is it, really? It, it looks like the helmet of a Cylon as well. Oh, uh, totally. That's all I could see. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, they... they, they uh, magnetize all the weapons and and another great line from jeffrey ross just everybody into the disco room great (laughs) great what a stupid place to retreat to i love it all the disco stuff is amazing i i just love that little character shot that they're all obsessed with disco (laughs) i i would love to be so eccentric that i have a room in my house that is solely for disco do it man just do it. You've, you've got a spare bedroom. Go for it. We're not stopping you. The next time we come round to do this show, I want there to be a disco room in your house. Mm-hmm. Challenge, challenge posed. There you I'll, go. I'll make it so. Make it so, number one. Well, uh, Patrick Stewart reference there. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you can get a 40 centimeter diameter disco mirror ball for about 60 quid on eBay. We'll, we'll split it three ways, Tom. You, you, We're in this together. You must have had that saved somewhere because that was very <laughs> quick. That, that, <laughs> was, that was rapid. I've got it? a folder. 
Is it all all for disco? <laughs> Mostly. He's slowly trying to reenact uh, Saturday Night Fever. Mm-hmm. I need a bit more chest hair, but I'm getting there. Yeah. I look forward to seeing the end product. Um, but we get to one of the most triumphant moments of the film. Um, Invisible Boy gets his time to shine. Now, I full on thought he was not going to turn invisible and just get <laughs> incinerated by this uh, laser eye thing. And I kind of wish he did. That kind of might have been a bit funnier. Yeah. But, okay. A bit too boysy. I'll do that yeah. the boys. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, that would have been very the boysy. Um, my, my question was, um, if he can't do it while something is looking at him, what about the laser thing? It had a camera on if, it. Only if like a human or animal yeah. is looking at him? Oh, is it like... If so a, if, if, a if Pope shits in the woods... Yeah, so like it? if that deer from Highlander was watching him from the woods, he couldn't turn invisible. You know, if the voyeurism deer was there, as he is in every film, he, he's, he's, he's out there somewhere. No, maybe yeah. that's what the skunk was running away from. <gasps> maybe he was the skunk. Can you he's imagine if someone's, if someone's never listened to this show and like, what the fuck are they talking about? I... Well, they've made it this far. They're doing quite well. Yeah. I mean, more full than for starting on episode 20 odd of the this mystery. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> episode 34, I think you'll find this will be. Oh, okay. Oh. I genuinely think some people will be looking at these and picking films that they do enjoy. Mm. But unfortunately, we do reference the same old jokes that we say oh, in other podcasts. It is the head eating its tail constantly. <laughs> That's all That's this is. Said. Oh, <laughs> nice. Um, some great little scenes, though. You know, they, they, they make their way into this room and Shoveler taking on the disco dancers with, with the disco music playing. Great little scene. Because it's just the way he wheels the shovel as well is so sincere. He like practiced that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like you can see he's really, really <laughs> tried hard at this. Um, and again, there's just some fun little action scenes. Spleen gets shot in the backside and repeatedly says, my ass. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. It wouldn't be so bad if they hadn't have put so much sort of Sibilance into his lines, <laughs> like they did it on purpose. When you got yeah. Do it. yeah, he could have said my bottom, not a single <laughs> S sound in there. Just those, that's just the character choices he made. There's no way they wrote the character like that. That's Paul Rubin's line. I, I need to make a uh, name for myself again. It's time to show them all my comedic chops. It's what, not, what, it's, it's time to guys. show them, it's time to show them that I'm not a disgusting pervert. <laughs> job this done. is my role <laughs> job mission accomplished uh... Tom's had a thought have you he just sort of sighed and looked off into the distance <laughs> <Just> poor Rubens <laughs> oh dear anyway it's like he didn't want to be popular anymore so we're like I'll give it eight years he's, he's one of those remind people that I'm awful <laughs> He's one of those characters, though, that, like, I only know about him from other pop culture references because he never made his way into the UK, no, really. We, you know, no. he's like he's like Mr. Rogers. You know, I didn't know who he was until Tom Hanks did that film. And then I Googled it, and he's so beloved in America, but we never got him over here. And there's a lot of those sorts of um, American TV icons that 
gr- growing up in the 90s, you you don't know about them except for the likes of Family Guy referencing them. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we got Art Attack first, so... <laughs> Are you saying Neil Buchanan is the Paul Rubens of the UK? <laughs> That's a wild accusation. Tom. That is a wild what, accusation. What is the criteria to be the Paul Rubens <laughs> of the UK? Um, okay, I guess that sort of gross humour um, tries to be kid friendly, but is a little bit sinister. On the, oh, is it Jimmy Savile? It might be. I was going more Dick and Dom, but sure. Mm, no, because no, I think they're no bogies. Yeah, there was a lot of toilet <laughs> humor in Dick and Dom. Yeah, but they're so. I don't know. I guess it's Jimmy Savile. I'm not happy about it, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not. But it, it, I'll take an advance on it if you want to throw another name my way. What kind of shit TV personalities from from Britain? <laughs> Noel Edmonds. There you go. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Timmy Mather. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Both of them. Oh, Noel Edmonds. Fucking hell. What a weird man. <laughs> Did somebody die on his show? Every like... time. Isn't we that... just don't see it. Isn't that... I think they went through probably quite a lot of Mr. Blobbies. <laughs> oh, yeah. We need to I stop. Think... That was the, uh, the pilot episode, A Deal or No Deal. If you lost, he shot you in the head. <laughs> Jesus. Pick a box and it's like Russian roulette. Like... <laughs> What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Spoilers. Yeah, by the sorry. Way. <laughs> so, um, a person died on Noel Edmonds' The Late Late Breakfast Show in the 1980s doing like a bungee jump stunt. And this poor man just plunged to his death. And then he went off TV for ages because of this. I think you're talking. I think you're thinking of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I'm. I'm not. It's. It's. The, if. If that is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, then something's gone horribly, <laughs> horribly yeah, wrong. The, you probably yeah. auditioned for Uncle Phil. Okay. Well, I mean, apologies to anyone that doesn't live in the UK and hasn't got a fucking clue what we're talking about right now, because Noel Edmonds is not an overseas sensation by any stretch of the imagination. I imagine if he was. Or he's just really popular in one country, like Malaysia. Hmm. <laughs> he might be. Might be. Prove me wrong. I, 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 I highly <laughs> doubt he is. Um, I'm, trying, yeah. I'm trying to think, like, who... who to compare Noel Edmonds to, so people get the reference. I mean, imagine someone that looks a bit like David Spade, but isn't as talented. That's kind of how good. That's <laughs> that's that's the closest. I can't I can... disagree, but it seems harsh. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. Um, ha- guys. Harsh to who? <laughs> All of them. Either oh. of them. <laughs> Considering like one of David Spade's last films was like that Adam Sandler Netflix shite. <laughs> But it doesn't narrow it down. There's quite a few of them. True. Yeah. True. Well, it doesn't stop me from watching them. You know, I've seen the majority of them and they are yeah. crap. Yeah. You are part of the problem. Uh-huh. You know, they'll make them because people like you watch them. We have to just ignore him for a while. Make him try a bit harder. Remember when he was funny? I do. I, I do. Not David Spade. I don't know. Sure um, <laughs> although, have either of you seen Uncut Gems? 
It's not funny, no. though, is it? It's not funny, but <laughs> he's he's great. Adam Sandler's great in that film. Like he's so like intense, and the energy levels he's got in there is that that is a good film. Very like, I don't know. It's 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 a pretty intense watch. But anyway, uh, Mystery Men. Here we go. <laughs> um, what a we? tangent from Paul yeah. Rubens to Uncut Adam Gems. Sandler. Yeah. That is that that is our superpower. Completely irrelevant tangents. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love a, a self-aware pause. Then. <laughs> <laughs> like and any power, like good or slightly oh, medium. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, cause I, I thought we were just we were just pausing for the joke then. No. Uh, that, that was genuine comedy, that Lewis. Well Thank done. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. I think my power would be to be able to put a USB stick in the right way first time every time. Because I never get it right. I've always got to turn it around. Oh, but it's it's quite satisfying that clanking. It is, but I just think of the time I'd save over the course of a lifetime now having to because sometimes it took takes me three attempts and how do, how's that even possible? There's only two sides. Don't get it. That's mine. I'll go with these that. Are, these aren't superpowers though, are they? These are just things you wish were different about your life. Yeah. That's I, I have a low bar <laughs> for superpower. I'm pretty content otherwise. Like you probably want like that probability power, but like Scholar which sort of had for a bit back in the day. Where things that you want to happen just happen because you met you've played with the ca- probability of something happening. That's kind of like domino, yeah, bit, then, isn't yeah, a bit it? Like domino, yeah. Well. So fun. you just want to become an actuary? Is that what it is? <laughs> I mean, yeah. What about you, Sam? What's what, what's your ideal superpower? And you know, I'm trying to just think like in day to day life, what's the power I would like? And I mean, it's probably teleportation, except I'd get really fat. But <laughs> yeah, teleportation would be good. It Te- cut out the commute to work. I mean, coronavirus has helped me with that now, anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, you've done it. You've done it, guys. I'd. I'd love to have the power to relive moments like, you know, just like have a rewind of, to my life because there's some things that keep me up at night. You know, when you finally get into sleep and your brain goes, do you remember when you said that thing 20 years ago? All the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's always something that if you, if it happened to you now, you'd be like that. I wouldn't even remember that the next day. But for some reason, it was so embarrassing in the moment that your brain was just like, don't do that ever again. <laughs> yeah, I... Okay. Um, Go on. Th- that moment for me is... is, is <laughs> we, did, we did a talent show in high school um, and they, they held auditions for it. They didn't... I did, all the popular kids were like on the panel. So I wasn't allowed in to do my act. I was going to do a little stand-up comedy thing. Wasn't That's allowed. so fucking mean. It is. But they then <laughs> said, well, you can host the talent show. I'm like, okay, that's fun. No, no, red flag. Red well, flag. <laughs> naive Lewis didn't realise this. And, you know, went out on stage and there was just that collection of arseholes and they just started booing. 
And again, now I'm like, I'd love to go back and be able to handle the heckle better rather than just... How old were you at the time? Um, I would have been about 15, I think. Okay. 15, 16. How did you you react? I think it was just, I kind of just went, oh... (laughs) I didn't really know what to do. I was just so surprised. I just went, oh. I mean, that's not that bad. You didn't piss yourself and run away. Like, it's... No. I may have stormed off the stage towards the end of it, though. Oh, okay. I mean, because it kind of carried on a little bit. Um, cause I was trying, you know, I, I was trying to like have some jokes with the acts and have a bit of banter and it, it, we, that had already set the tone for what was going to be a horrible, horrible day. And yeah, I, I, okay. My, my superpower is just to go back to that moment <laughs> and just do that again. But is it like a, is it a one-off thing yes. where you can only do it once yeah. and then do you have to, do you have to live? For the entire for the rest of your life. <laughs> I've got to do I've got to live 15 years again after that. <laughs> oh, could you be bothered really? I'm gonna go through all your life again. I won't want to be 15 again. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Knowing what we know now. If I had an almanac, I'd go back a year or two, maybe. And get rich, boy. Bet on things. Yeah. Yeah, if you knew all like the grand national winners, Tom would use his powers just to win D and D games. Can you win D and D games? Is that a thing? Oh, Lewis, you sound so <laughs> foolish. <laughs> You've triggered him. You've triggered him. We've got to it is doing. collaborative storytelling. <laughs> sake. This is why you're not allowed to his D and D specialist. <laughs> Oh, I'd be like Jim Halpert in the Finer Things Club. <laughs> it's just right. You've got it out your system. You got it out. Oh God! Right. Um, Mystery Men. I genuinely forgot we were talking about. <laughs> <a> film, <laughs> We've nearly made it as well. It's yeah. we're at that scene when Casanova's got the waitress somehow, um, even though he's not left this party the entire film. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good point. Some disco boys went and got her or something. Disco boys. <laughs> They're so stupid. Um, I kind of love Blue Raja flicking the forks as handles for Roy to climb up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, that's as fun. a like, climactic moment where everyone's showing that they actually yeah. can do cool stuff. Yeah, it's nice. That was pretty and funny. How, how strong is that oh. wedding silver? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> And more, more than that, how strong is the plaster that it's lodged into? Like, if that was my house, it'd be coming, it taking the wall out with it at that point. Uh, that's not going to support my weight, but s- silly enough to work. Enjoyed that, and then, you, and then you get Roy has his again. You get all this build up to his anger, just for him to be slightly better at fighting. Yeah. Didn't really, because I, I, I thought, is he going to like turn into like a Hulk esque kind of vi- hero? Yeah, and he well, was just part of me wanted him to, but then the other part, remember the CGI in this movie was like, uh, probably, probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I thought he was going to try and like turn into a Hulk and just couldn't do it. You know, oh, just, they could have just painted him green. That would have been so good. Yeah, just, <laughs> just any sort of 
you know, twist on that. But he he, he fights with Casanova, and you get those little pinky locking sequences which, oh, which are quite I did not like that <laughs> I did not like Ben Stiller being fingered by Jeffrey Rush <laughs> you know that watch list you didn't want to be on <laughs> you're on it um, but he throws Casanova into this oh yeah this weapon's activated in the meantime I forgot oh, all about you. this because yeah who cares um, he throws him into this and it, it tears him apart and again a day of six bowling ball yeah. Well, yeah. we all, we also get some RoboCop Kermit the Frog arms as well. We do. I thought <laughs> that as well. I'm so glad that arm um, technology has come yeah. in leaps and bounds. From... <laughs> I think when Paul Verhoeven watched this, he was waiting for his royalty check when he saw those wavy Kermit Frog arms. Like, hold on a minute, that's my <laughs> shtick. That's what that is. Um, and then the heroes do a, a little strange group hug um, and then Bowler suddenly just has a, a speech with the bowling ball. Again, all, all of this just comes out of nowhere. There's no setup for the fact that this is what they're doing. It's just group hug and then bowling ball in the yeah. weapon. It's like, okay, fine. And they don't actually they don't actually stop the machine. The machine still goes off. It yeah, does. And yeah, it, yeah. I guess maybe it needed to be Going off more to sure, fuck it, whatever. whatever. Um, they there's, save... there's a big sign that says "Do not add Jeffrey Rush" on the machine. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot a spice and everything nice, and a little pinch of Jeffrey Rush. There you go. Um, and then yeah, they save the day, and the film ends with the second Smash Mouth song of the movie. That is a bold choice. Yeah. I mean, we've not even talked about the fact is that there's the same two. one. It is. Yeah. I think they've run out of money. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine Smash Mouth costs very much. Or they were such someone was such a big fan. It's like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm putting it in twice. Don't, I'm doing it twice. Don't care. What you or saying. maybe it's, it's like we were saying when you were singing. Um, well, I say singing when you were shout singing. <laughs> the the bit from Star Wars, and you can only sing a certain amount of the song before you have to pay for it. That's Maybe tough. they just play the yeah. beginning of Smash Mouth and they don't have Somebody. to pay for it. <laughs> 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 got to fade out every time. Oh, God. Um, but they have that scene to the to the camera when you know, the, the, the news folk turn up and it's like, who are you? Oh, we, they, they have some funny... I, I, can't remember, I can't remember the jokes that they tell, whatever names they give themselves at first. Super Squad. And yeah, the Super Squad. Like yeah. Um, and then the the newsreader's like, "Well, thank you to these mystery men." Hey, now you're an author. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no end credit scene. Very disappointed, but never mind. Um, Tom, uh-huh. do you have any miscellaneous notes that can't be fit again into conversation? I'll bet you do for oh, this. <laughs> you know what? I've got a couple. Hey. Not a huge amount, because I think oh. I just ran out of... <laughs> will? Oof. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ran out of the will to live. Uh, all right, good. Some nice lines, like, not stab man, not knifey boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, he then says something like, bit of crumpet. So it's like, oh, like you go up mm. and you go back down. Yeah. Uh, why is there a London bus 
where where are we? Oh, didn't see that. Let's, missed it. Like, missed it completely. It was weird. I was about to say Schwarzenegger Schumacher <laughs> architecture. At one point, there's just a London bus going past. And just... It's such a weird mix match of different like cities in it. It's they, like downtown Tokyo at one point, and then. Yeah. It feels like they were filming it on a sound stage that had a lot of props lying around. Like, just put that in, put it in, sir. That's from Battlestar Galactica. Put it in. Put it in. It's fine. (laughs) Put put the silent head on top of that thing. It's fine. Do you you think they just snuck into the uh, filming of Blade Runner? (laughs) They were like, right, guys, we need to be quick. Like, get your lines out quick. (laughs) Ten years later, Harrison will be here any second. Just. Well, we have got our timings all off of when these films were made, guys. <laughs> they were not even in the same decades. But mm, maybe it was. Maybe we did some <laughs> filming back then, and that's why it looks so shit. Could be. Could I be. just assume that Hollywood is full of sound stages that they've just not taken <laughs> down. Never, they never destroy anything. They're running out of real estate. It's a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's like they've they've turned the set into some high rise flats. Like there's some. Oh, where do you live? Oh, I, I live over in Blade Runner. Oh, you got to get out of that neighborhood. You got to move up to uh, the Hill Valley lot. Oh, you be. very nice. <laughs> I, I was looking, yeah. at, looking at my uh, Mike McFly figure on the floor. Just That's good inspiration. Yeah. Uh, I've only got one more note, and it was my favorite bit of the movie, and everything oh. else was a sad decline from that point. Go on. And I'm son of Pencilhead. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That that whole tryout sequence had a lot of little fun gags in it. Um, I think you had you had Waffle Man. I think was in yeah, there as well. Yeah. yeah, that that was fun. Awesome. I wanted to see some of their powers. Like uh, you, you don't see mm. enough of them. Uh, I wanted yeah, like a Hercules waffle people. Yeah. I wanted to see like a Hercules montage of them just like yeah. training. Ballerina man. <laughs> um, okay. Wasn't, been good. wasn't one of the better ones, but still. Mm. Okay. Um, do we have any any final thoughts on this film before we um, put it behind us forever? I'm probably going to be tricked into seeing this again at some point. <laughs> Like 10 years in the future, I'll be like, oh, yeah, mystery man, I'll give that I was going to say, <laughs> when we have our 10-year anniversary, we'll do a greatest hits. Uh, <laughs> we'll just go through these films. What will happen is we'll have a hiatus where we'll just have a break for, like, a couple of years and then we'll forget everything we've done in the past. Start we'll like, we what? should do AVP Requiem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's that like? Well, there You know we... what? It was fun. It's, it's a fun it's, film. It's it's fine. It's you know I there's lots of it that I enjoyed. I just think as we've said, it missed missed the mark more than it hit the mark. Yeah, I think yeah, it's like a. I think my main issue with a lot of movies in the past have been they're trying to be multiple different movies. Just mm. do one, do one well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do one thing well. Do it a bit quicker, and then. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's how I tend to just go through life. Do it well, do it quick. Leave it leaves everybody happy. Well, like and subscribe, everybody, to podcasts <laughs> on Infinite Earth. You can find us on many a social media channel: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And we will see you next time for a film TBD. Ooh. I don't know what we're watching next time. I've not spun no. the wheel yet. 
Hi, pal. We're a podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> no way. Perfect. There's our outro music. Hey, now we're a podcast. Exquisite. <laughs>